Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Try not to move right now. Just try to receive. Just It's interesting. His, his power, his anointing, his, his anointing is his power for service. It's his power. It's not our power. It's not our superpowers. It's his power. His anointing empowers us, and his anointing stirs us. It, it strengthens us. But his glory stills us. When you, when you see his face, you become still. Everything changes when you see his face. Everything changes when, he, when you see his face. Many of you here have encountered the Lord, but some of you here, um, you're here, maybe, maybe you've never been to church where people are as exuberant as they were here this morning. Maybe, maybe you just, it's different for you, but maybe you felt something today that you haven't felt before. God's wooing you to himself. Uh, there's people here, and you don't know the Lord. Like, you wouldn't be able to say, Jesus is your best friend. Today, is, that's going to change. Um, there's people here that maybe you've been living a life unto yourself, and, and Jesus is, is calling you to lay down your life and come and follow him. Uh, in my own life, I was my own worst enemy. Um, I was addicted to many things, but the worst addiction was me. And Jesus comes to free us from us, amen? He's a good king, isn't he? Our king is a good king. Whether you realize it or not, he is your king. And when you realize it or not, one day you'll stand before him. Glowing white, with a crown upon his head, with nail-pierced hands and feet that took our punishment, that took all of our brokenness. It's interesting that the very hands he made are the very hands that nailed him to a tree. Pierced him, put him on a cross. That's love, isn't it? God's love is perfect, and God's love never fails. I, I messed up, Pastor Jesse. I'm, no, I'm messed up. I am messed up. We're all messed up. He's here this morning, you guys. Jesus is here. He's our king. He's our king, and he's calling you home. He's calling you to his house, not a house of pie in the sky when you die, but a house of fellowship forever, a house that you get to live in even now. I was at a, with Pastor Jesse. At a, we were at a, a wake yesterday. And normally wakes are places that I don't like to go, but when you get invited, you kind of can't turn it down, you know, like people invite you to come. If you don't know what a wake is, it's like another word for a funeral, right? And it was a funeral for a young missionary, um, and his parents put it on, young man, 22, 23 years old, that, that died overseas. But as tears were flowing and as people were rejoicing, they rejoiced as those that have hope because heaven is real. And they challenged us. His parents and another missionary, Heidi Baker, some of you guys may know her, challenged us to live a life worthy of Jesus' love. And it hit me again, like, you guys, we have to be all in on this thing. There's no halfway. There's no halfway in the kingdom. Did Jesus go halfway in his love? When you see his love, love becomes easy. When you see his love, love becomes easy. If you look at you and you look at your inadequacies and you look at your inabilities, love becomes very hard. But when you look at him and you look at his ability, you look at his perfection, you look at his glory, love becomes very easy. Love becomes something that's natural. This is a community that loves well. 
God is doing something profound in Orange County right now, and he's doing it not just in this community, but all over this region right now. We share in our staff meetings regularly about just the dreams that God's giving. I've never been around a community that dreams as much as this community before. And it's interesting because dreams happen before manifestation happens. God came to Joseph in a dream and said, take this woman. An angel came to him. God came to Abraham in a dream. God came to Joseph in a dream. God came to Jacob in a dream. Great things happen. I really believe that God is pouring out dreams and visions here in this community and here in Orange County. But they're dreams and visions of his face and his purpose. I had a dream last night um, where the river of God was exploding through our cities and pouring out into a desert. And it was more than we knew how to handle. It was more than we knew how to ride. And we had to get in line with what he was doing. I, I feel like God's calling us to get in line with what he's doing. It takes all of us. It takes every single person on board. Because when we were worshiping, I was just in the back room. I couldn't even be out here because I was jumping and spinning around too much. I would have made a scene. I didn't want to draw attention to myself. I was crying my eyes out. I was yelling really loud. I don't know if Allison heard me, but uh, somebody might have. I was just yelling. I just wrecked. Like, you guys, God's doing something. He really is. You're a part of it. God had a dream, and he wrapped skin around it. That dream was you. God's doing something. How many of you guys are from Orange County? Wave your hand. How many of you guys God brought you here from other places? Wait, that's amazing. That's like half the people in the room. God brought me from another place. I was living in Northern California, and God started giving us dreams and visions about being here. He called us out of where we were into a new place, an unfamiliar place. I'm really glad we came because we get to do life with family, and we get to see his kingdom come. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, his kingdom's coming. <laughs> Turn back to the other neighbor and say, he's coming through you. <laughs> Holy Ghost, we love you. I feel his presence so strong here this morning. Wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. If you see people shake a little bit during the service or cry a little bit or laugh a little bit just because God's loving on them, it's okay. It's good form. Last night, I was uh, up in Long Beach. I actually didn't get home till about 1230 at night. Uh, I got the privilege of ministering at a church in Long Beach for their uh, annual conference, young adult conference. It was amazing. There was a woman there that was blind in her left eye, and uh, some of you guys were there, and they were praying for her, and her eye opened up. She started yelling, I can see, I can see. She had cataracts. It was beautiful. It was amazing. There was a woman, she had 50-something screws in her back. Um, they had done surgery on her. She had uh, arthritis and horrible pain. 50-something screws that immobilized her. And we watched how immobile she was. She could move a certain amount. And then we watched as she reached down and touched her toes where she could not physically move before. Now, mind you, metal doesn't bend. So either God made the metal rubbery or he took it out. I have no idea what happened, but this woman was pain-free. She was running around in the front where she's like, I can't do this, I can't do this. Miracles were happening in mass. It was incredible. People all over the room being healed. Um, every single woman in the room, I had women stand up that had female issues. Every single one in the room that had female issues felt the power of God come into this area or into the area that they had the issues. Women had tumors disappear, cysts disappear. A woman actually had a, a cystic 
growth thing here on her abdomen and actually shrank down in front of her eyes. It was incredible. This is just, just, just in the room, just the Lord's glory. So he's here this morning to do the same kinds of things in this room with you. If you're here and you have a similar condition, God's speaking to you that he's doing it right now. He's here. Jesus is alive. Do you guys realize this? Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive and Jesus is king. And he's going to offend the hell out of us until he gets heaven through us. That is a word. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. We're going to see California saved in our generation. We're going to see California saved. What does that mean? God has me believing for 10 million people that don't know him to come to him in the next 10 to 15 years here in California. 10 million. Will you pray with me for that? That's not just, that's just not what just one person's dream or vision. That's our dream or vision. That's God's dream. It's all his dream. God's speaking to us about putting on large-scale events here in Orange County for his kingdom, for his gospel. We're going to do it together. People need to know him. They're going to know him in coffee shops. They're going to know him at work. They're going to know him through your life. They're going to know him in school. They're going to know him in high schools and middle schools and colleges and universities. They're going to know him everywhere you go. They're going to know him in big settings and in small settings, from house to house, from church to church, and from stadium to stadium. They're going to know him. They're going to know him. There's not going to be any chance for people to get away from his love. (laughs) He's chasing us down like that song, Oh, the never-ending reckless love of God. He's chasing us down. He's going to fight. He's fighting for our generation. We're going to watch our nation completely change in our generation. I'm serious. Some of you in this room, you're like, man, there's no hope for America. Nope, there is. Jesus is here. God wouldn't have sent me here if there wasn't hope for America. God wouldn't have sent Pastor Jesse and Jessica here. Allison Chad, he wouldn't have sent these people here if there wasn't hope for America because these people would go anywhere for him. Many of you in this room, you'd go anywhere for him. Some of you in this room are going to see how far he's gone for you, and you're going to begin to go anywhere for him. Go with me to Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to be preaching about the leading of the Spirit this morning. The leading of the Spirit. God gave me a dream at the beginning of the year. He said, Chris, what are you doing to teach people about life? Not just teach people about how to do church well, but teaching people about how to do life well. How to do life well. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to do life well. See, the kingdom is bigger than the church. See, church is wonderful. Church is we gather together as God's people. Two, three, ten, fifty, whatever. Wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in our midst. That's church. You can have church anywhere. Church is sent around his word and his spirit, his presence and his spoken word to us. But the kingdom is bigger than church. The kingdom has purposes that reach into every realm of society. That's why Jesus said, pray that it would be this way. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What do we know by those verses in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10? What do we know by them? We know that not everything that's happening on the earth is God's will. Jesus wouldn't have told people to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if it wasn't God's will already happening in the earth. God wants his will to happen. How does his will happen? His will happens as we follow his will and live out his will. See, God's purposes will go forward whether you and I say yes or not. God's purposes will go forward whether you and I say yes or not because he will find a yes. He will find a yes. His eyes are searching to and fro throughout the earth. Searching for someone whose heart is fully devoted to him. He will find a yes. He will find a yes. 
That's awesome. I'm, I'm fine with you guys laughing and shaking. That's fine. This is a very timid service for me right now. You guys have no idea the kinds of environments that I like to minister in. So Genesis chapter 12, the Lord speaks to Abram. What does it say? Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Abram, this, this dude, this Middle Eastern dude, this desert dweller, this tent dweller. I wonder how he heard God. He didn't have a Bible. I wonder how he heard God. Just, just wonder. This, this scripture doesn't actually say specifically how, how he heard. But the Lord said, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Here's a promise, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. What's the purpose of being blessed and having a great name so that you'd be a blessing? See, our generation, I I say our generation, I'll say, I don't know, people under 35. Well, I'll say under under 40. I'll say under 40, Pastor Jesse. People under 40. Under 40. Under 40. People under 40. Here's the reality. We're one generation. If you're breathing, you're part of the generation God's using. Amen? But I'll say this about people that are in my age bracket. We long and love influence. We love to be seen by people. We love to be known by people. But how about being known by heaven? We worship something called influence instead of worshiping someone called Jesus. But here's an interesting thing. God actually speaks to Abraham and says, I'm going to make your name great. What's the purpose? So that you would be a blessing so that you would serve people like a king in the earth. I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. That's why Jesus had to tell us to pray for those who curse us. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. I wonder if we would be reading about Abraham if he hadn't have done what God told him to do. I wonder if we'd be reading about Abraham. We'd probably be reading about someone named Abraham. <laughs> or Abraham. Or Abraham. Serious. Would we be reading about him? He became our father of faith. It says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him, accredited to him as righteousness. Isn't that interesting that Abraham simply did what God said and God said, that's a man that's righteous. That's radical, isn't it? Isn't that amazing that we simply believe in the fact that Jesus has come to free us from all of our sin. What's sin mean? Dysfunction. Dysfunction. Outside of our natural design by God. We believe that he came to forgive us, to cleanse us, to make us new, and we're thereby righteous. We're thereby become like God. Isn't that wild? So Abraham took uh, Sarah and Lot, his brother's son, all their possessions that they gathered, and the people who acquired. And then it's interesting, there was a sacrifice involved. His leading involved other people sacrificing. That's just interesting, isn't it? I wasn't planning on preaching about that, but that's just a point. It's in there. It's in the Word. People they'd acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. The word Canaan literally means synchronicity or promise, where everything comes together. I want to tell you something. You're in a season where everything comes together. Why? Because everything comes together in his presence. 
in his presence. Not this church, but his presence. I like the name of the church. <laughs> this church uh, started from dreams and visions, prophetic words. Years ago, Pastor Jesse and Jessica were in a meeting. A man gave a call for people that are called to ministry. Now, we're all called to ministry. If you're a believer, you have a ministry. Every minister has a ministry, and every believer is a minister. But God called you guys, and I remember the Lord spoke in that moment, you've told me this, to give yourself to a church plant one day. So in preparation for that, you guys started a home group. People came over. They did family. How many of you guys were part of that, the home group at the house? Some people are here. They're all going to be here in second service. They're sleeping in today. (laughs) Dreams and visions. Pastor Nicole, dreams and visions. Here to come here to this place. I had a dream in 2012 when I was preaching in Nebraska that I was standing on a street called Baker Street in a city called Costa Mesa, California. And as I was standing on that street, I floated underneath the 55 freeway from that way to over this way. And all of a sudden, the left-hand side of the road, there was a dark building with a bunch of young adults with their hands in the air, worshiping Jesus. I called a pastor here in Costa Mesa, and I said, Pastor, there's going to be a young adult revival in Costa Mesa. I feel like I want to do something. He flew to Nebraska to the meetings we were having. God touched him. It was awesome. Little did I know that one day here I would be living in the dream that I had. See, God doesn't just give us dreams and visions for entertainment. He gives us dreams and visions for his purposes. Abram, God spoke to him. God led him. Go with me to, uh, we'll read a few more of these things. Genesis 13, Abram drifts. He goes down to Egypt because there's a famine. He goes down there and he starts uh, telling people he's scared. You know, he gets scared because there's a famine, there's lack, there's different things going on. He goes down to Egypt because in Egypt there's food. So he goes down there. And as he's there, he's scared that people are going to kill him and take Sarah, his wife. It's pretty crazy. So he's like, Sarah, why don't you tell people that you're my sister? So here Abraham is lying and manipulating. Why? Because he's afraid. Whenever we're afraid, we'll lie and manipulate. He's not talking to me, is he? (laughs) He lies and manipulates. It's really interesting because then God actually comes to Pharaoh and speaks to Pharaoh and rebukes Pharaoh for trying to take Sarah maybe possibly as his wife. Isn't that interesting? It happens again. Abraham does like a similar thing with Abimelech. And God actually appears to Abimelech, another king in a dream, and says, Sarah is Abraham's wife. And if you take her, I'm going to kill you. Pretty intense, right? (laughs) I'm not going to try to explain the theology of that. The point being, God will actually rebuke people that stand in the way of his purposes. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, oh. God rebuked me. I was standing in the way of his purposes. He called me when I was uh, 14 years old. He called me to do what I'm doing. I didn't fully understand what it meant because I was in a church that actually um, you would have to not be married if you were to become a, a minister for God and things like that. But I told God, whatever you want, I'll do it. But I ended up running away from the calling 
And when I was 19 years old, I was living in sin. I was living in dysfunction. When you ever hear the word sin, think dysfunction. Living outside of your purpose. Living outside of God's design for you. Many people in this world are living outside of God's design. He's not mad at them. He's mad at the things that are destroying them. I'm going to say that again. He's not mad at them. He's mad at the things that are destroying them. Sexual dysfunction identity disorders, whatever these things are, things that are holding people captive to the will of Satan. God is actually mad at those things because they're holding captive God's kids. But God met me. He, he spoke to me. He came to me in the midst of my darkness and brought me in the light. But he rebuked me really strong. He said, Chris, you can keep going the way you're going, but you know the end of it. And I knew where my life was headed on a slippery slope to a place I did not want to go, a place I did not want to spend forever. Heaven and hell are both very real places. And this world, amazing as it is, and being transformed as it is by God's love, is temporary. There is an eternity. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Where is our life going to place people in the long run? Where is your life placing people right now? Genesis 14, Abraham's cousin Lot gets taken captive. So Abraham goes and fights a righteous battle. And he wins a battle with way less people than he should have won. Why? Because God was with him. The blessing of Abraham, the blessing from God was upon him. At the end of the verses, a man appears, the prince, the king of Salem. The prince, the king of righteousness, appears and blesses him. Another visitation from Jesus. Another visitation of the Lord. Now go in verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 1. Abram was offered the riches of the world at the end of the battle. The king of Sodom's like, here, why don't you take these things? And Abram says, nope, I don't want to take any of your stuff lest you say you made me rich because God promised me that he would make me rich. It's interesting because all of this has to do with money. So I, I am preaching, I do believe in a prosperity gospel. Why? Because it's the only gospel that Jesus preached. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says that Jesus Christ became poor so that we would become rich. And the whole context of the chapter is money and giving. Why does God want you rich? So that you would be a blessing. So that you would have something to give those that need clothes. Someone, something to give those that are hungry. That you would have more than enough to give away, to clothe and to feed. I was with, um, I remember being in Mozambique with Mama Heidi. And she took us all out to eat, and she paid for the entire meal. She paid a ton of money for the entire meal. It was interesting because I know that she needs $50,000 a day to feed 10,000 kids a day. But here she is, also in other needs that I knew about, and here she is spending lavishly on us, the people that came from America to serve her vision. What would happen if we grabbed a hold of how rich our Father is, how much He's given to us in Christ, and how much we actually have to give away? More would be given to us. God gives seed to the sower, it says 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. God gives seed to the sower. If you're wondering why you don't have enough seed, maybe it's because we're not positioning ourselves to sow. 
What does sowing look like? Sowing looks like giving money away. Sowing looks like giving life away. Sowing looks like giving time away. Sowing looks like giving away your power and influence. Sowing looks like giving away your favor. Sowing looks like giving away your love. But love does cost us something because the vision that God has, he gives provision for. We have big dreams in this church. Big dreams. You know, if the dreams that God gives you don't scare you, then you're not hearing well enough. God's told me to rent out stadiums for him. We're going to do it. Why? Because he provides. It's his vision. He's doing it all already. It's amazing. God's called some of you in here to start businesses that would end social injustices in our nation. Some of you in this room right now are in financial debt, and God's going to cause you to sow millions of dollars into the work of his kingdom. And it's not just going to be you're a money machine. It's going to be you're a love machine. You're going to be flowing with love. You're going to be mentoring people, pouring into people. You're not just going to be sowing money. This isn't just about money. Money's never the problem. Love is. That's a Roland Baker quote. <laughs> stuck with me all these years. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, when Abraham turns down the riches of the world, the Lord came to Abraham in a vision and said, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Some versions say, Your reward, your pay, your recompense, your riches will be exceedingly great. Interesting, isn't it? Abraham's concerned about having a son. God speaks to him, comes to him. God gives him another dream. God comes to him in a dream, speaks to him again. How are we led by the Spirit? We're led by the Spirit in a variance of ways. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. This is all kind of an introduction, but it's still really good. I'm not going to keep you long. I'm going to, I'm going to teach you some, some good stuff here that, that changed my life. Following the leadings of our God. Romans 8.14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. It doesn't say those who are led by prophecies. Some of us were longing for someone to call us out in a meeting or someone to come up to us and give us a prophetic word. God is longing for you to spend time with him. Oh, but if they would just call me out in the meeting, then I'd be so special. If, if they would just stand me up, if, if, if they would just stand Michael up and honor him in front of everybody, then everybody would know that Michael is a leader in revival. Except Michael's humble and Michael's meek. You know, meekness attracts the word of the Lord. Okay, this is fun stuff. Not everything God says to you will always be cutesy. I just see butterflies around you, and I just, they're just, just, just God's, God's kissing you. And all Not everything God says to you will be cutesy. Now, prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So if you're speaking over someone's life in a corporate gathering or one-on-one, praying for someone, if it's not edifying, which is building, Exhorting, which is charging, you can do it. And comforting, you have what it takes, putting your arm around somebody. Then it's not prophecy. It's probably condemnation. It's probably law, and it's probably pushiness. Probably because you feel pushed, and you feel controlled, and you're trying to heap control and push on other people. Wow. 
Jay, I just feel like God wants to work on your heart. I just feel like your heart is not in the right place. I just feel like that's not prophecy. That's lies from hell. You won't see that in the scripture. You won't see Jesus talking about that when it comes to prophecy. Now, let's say you see something that's going on. Maybe that's, somebody's having a hard time with something. Go to him and ask him a question. Hey, how are you doing, man? How's life going? Are you having any difficulties right now? I was just wondering. I had a dream the other night, and I, I just was wondering, like, God drew me to you to have compassion for you in this time. Is there anything that you need to talk about? I'm here for you. See, that's not prophecy. That's friendship. Faithful to the wounds of a friend. Ways that God leads us. I'm not going to give these to you. I'll give numbers, but I'm not, they're not in any particular order. He leads us through his word. Jesus said in John 6, 63, he said, my words are spirit and they are life. If you're wondering what God's leading you to do, you have an entire book filled with the declarations and indications and leadings of God. For years, I didn't tithe. I had issues financially. Issues that the Lord is still helping us come out of. But then I read the word, and I started to see God's principles. Now, whose fault was it that I was living in poverty? My fault, not God's fault. <laughs> oh, God, please get me out of this situation. He's given you his word. He's given you words pertaining to life and godliness. All things pertaining to life and godliness are right here. I'm holding my phone, but the Bible's open on it. <laughs> Not all things on Facebook or Instagram, all things on, on the Word. I left my favorite Bible. I was, we were doing a, um, healing rooms in a Shiite Muslim mosque cafeteria in Palestinian territory, and uh, I left my favorite Bible there. So somebody's enjoying my favorite Bible with all my notes. So ever since then, I keep it on my phone because I can put my phone in my pocket when we start to pray for people, and I don't forget my Bible. So that's why. So if, if the phone's offensive, I apologize. I have my reasons for it. His word. My words are spirit and they are life. Well, Chris, I feel like God's telling me to, to marry this girl. Yeah, the only problem is you're already married. <laughs> Small little issue there. What he says to you is never going to disagree with his word. Now, it might be expansive, it might be different than what you see, but his words to you individually will always be backed up by his word written to us wholly through scripture. All scripture is of no private interpretation. Other ways he leads us, he leads us with peace. Isaiah 55 verse 12 says, you will go out with joy and be led forth by peace. If you're going to go out with joy, that means joy is a choice. But joy in our leading actually brings us into peace. Now, that doesn't mean you're never going to feel afraid. You just simply get to recognize that that fear doesn't come from you. It comes from someone that's scared of you becoming love. I was in a uh, restaurant one time, and uh, my buddy and I, the waitress came over to the table, 
And as she came over to the table, I started feeling the presence of the Lord touch my knees. What do you mean when you say that, Chris? I started feeling a warmth in my knees, and I knew that to be God's presence, that he was about to do a miracle. This woman walks over, the manager of the restaurant, she gives us the menus, and I look at her, and I say, you've got a problem with your knees, don't you? She says, yes. I said, we're going to pray for you right now, and God's going to heal you. All of a sudden, she jumped backwards a few feet. We didn't even get a chance to pray for her. She jumped backwards. She goes, what just happened to me? She was completely healed. She felt lightning surge through her legs. You see, the Holy Ghost is more willing to move than we want him to move. God is more willing to move than we want him to move. God is more present in your reality right now than you realize he is. Because why? His name is Emmanuel. He named himself Emmanuel before you were ever born. He named himself the healer before you were ever born. He wants to do supernatural works through you more than you want him to. So all of a sudden, my buddy leans over the table. He said, Chris, I just started feeling really nervous. God's about to do something. And interesting, my buddy interpreted fear as God wants to do something right now. So we went to the restroom and washed our hands because it's good to wash your hands before ministry time. We came out of the bathroom and for the next three hours, we saw over 50 miracles in a restaurant and we saw over 30 people get saved in a restaurant. People were getting slain in the spirit. People were shaking under the fire of God. Waitresses were shaking like this, telling us how there was fire all over them. God is touching people in the restaurant. It's interesting, if we had interpreted fear as maybe we should get out of here, maybe we wouldn't have seen those things happen. What are you afraid of? What scares you? What scares you? Maybe God is calling you into realms that seem scary. A lot of times we interpret the fear of man as wisdom. Instead of standing up and boldly proclaiming that Jesus is alive. What would happen if we actually stood up and did crazy stuff with God? Whole cities would get saved. I was in a meeting one time and I said, if we would simply preach the gospel, whole cities would get saved. Uh, A person on the back row stood up in the middle of the meeting and started screaming, shut up, shut up, shut up, with this deep guttural voice. And I was like, oh, the devil's scared of the truth. I was like, I took, I took note. I was like, oh, the devil's scared of me saying simply preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is what Jesus has done. That his love was laid down for us. That he gave everything for us. That he loves people. I challenge you, go up to people this week and ask them. Go up to people and say, has anybody told you today that Jesus loves you? Most people will say no. Some people will go, you're the third person today to tell me that. That's when you know it's time to pray with them. One time, my friend, he went up to somebody, and she had a brace on her leg, and he goes up to her. "Um, You know, you don't need a word from heaven to pray for people for healing. You know, if the faucet is leaking, you fix it. If the leg is broken, you heal it. If the eyes are blind, you give them sight. Oh, but Chris, I don't think I can do it. Yes, I realize you can't do it without God, but you're not without him. All things are possible with God. My buddy walked up to this woman with a brace on her knee and he said, hey, can I pray for you? And she goes, you know what? Normally I say no, but you're the third person today to ask me. (laughs) If that was happening in this city, it would be because many of you have been praying for people. Ways God leads us, peace. You'll go out joy, be led forth by peace. Joy is a choice and his peace thereby leads us. You'll find God will challenge you to do things that you feel scared of, but you'll feel his presence in it. The reason we have a comforter is because we need his comfort when we feel uncomfortable. Another way God leads us is by coincidence. 
2 Corinthians 13, 1, if you're taking notes, says, by two or three witnesses, Paul says this. He says, this will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. If three people come up to you and tell you the same thing, you might want to take note. (laughs) Even if it sounds like a rebuke. If three people come up to you and say, hey, I think it'd be safer for you to do this. Hey, I wonder, have you prayed about doing this? Maybe God's trying to talk to you. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, and faithful are the wounds of a friend. How else does God speak to us? He speaks to us through friendship. Some of us aren't hearing God's voice because we're not engaging with his process, which is called community. There's no islands in the kingdom. Well, there are islands. There's islands in coastlands for the guy with the red hat. But, but God calls us places to be with community. He calls us to live with people, to abide with people, and to walk with people. Because in that walking is where we'll actually walk into the fruitfulness of the kingdom. Abiding in the vine. I'm preaching, you guys. This is fun. Another way God speaks to us is through authority. If no one in your life can tell you no, chances are you're in rebellion. It's our job to make it easy for people to speak into our lives. I meet with my friend Michael occasionally. We go get some food and stuff like that. He's a humble man. He's a meek man. Like, I could talk to him. He could talk to me. We could get feedback, give back and forth. Because he loves Jesus. He just wants to grow. If we position ourselves in meekness, we will attract the word of God from heaven and through people. We will attract the word of God from heaven and through people. How do you do that? Learn how to ask good questions. Hey, man, what'd you think about this? What'd you think about what I said over there? What'd you think about what I was doing there? Um, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Uh, I, I had a leader in uh, Redding, California, sit me down one day, and he told me these words. He says, Chris, I feel scared to let myself be known to you. Do you know what that is? And I said, Dang, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I know what you're talking about. And I realized that I was holding people at an arm's length. I was holding people out here. Keeping them far enough away from me that I still felt in control. Did Jesus hold people at arm's length on the cross? No, he hung naked on a tree. What would happen if we started to become real with the people around us? Now, that doesn't mean walk around in your underpants. It means become vulnerable with your friends, those that are close to you. It doesn't mean stand up here in front of a room and tell everybody all the things you did wrong in the past week, but it does mean go to people and talk to them and say, hey man, I need some help in this area. Could you give me some feedback? Could you give me, could you give me some trust? Could you help me walk through this? Whatever it is. Is this okay? Some of us in this room, we're over 40 and we need to hear this message more than the people that are in the room that are young. I'm not trying to look at anybody specific. I'll look down. I'm serious. Just because we have age under our belt doesn't mean that we're not needing feedback. Doesn't mean we're not needing leadership in our life. What is authority? Authority is something that you give someone in your life because you know that they love you. Authority isn't something that someone takes from your life. If someone has to explain their authority to you, they don't have any. Somebody said, say it again. If somebody has to explain their authority to you, they don't have any. We hear God, we're led by the Spirit through authority, through friendship. 
We're led by the Spirit through teaching. We're led by the Spirit through testimony. Do you ever notice, like, maybe I'm up here, or Jesse's up here, one of the leaders up here, or maybe just you're in a room of people, and people start sharing testimonies, but the testimonies are speaking to things going on in your life and needs in your life. Why is that? Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That what God's done before, he'll do it again. Well, Chris, I'm just not hearing your voice. God, I'm not hearing, Chris, you don't understand, I'm not hearing God's voice. Get around someplace where testimonies are being shared. You'll start hearing God's voice really quick. Get around some testimonies. You need money, get around some testimonies where people are receiving money. Dave Harvey in the cars, giving away cars and stuff like that. A thousand dollar testimony. Yeah, yeah, Pastor Jesse asked me to share a testimony of uh, my friend. Um, he got, received a thousand dollars. He's a rival group pastor in Reading. And uh, then he went to the revival group and he shared the testimony. And he said, I want to pray for people here. I believe God's going to do it here. As he shared the testimony, other people in the room started getting $1,000 that week. They came back. They went on, literally, they've tracked like likely hundreds of thousands of dollars moving back and forth by just recording the testimony. He was sharing this in a meeting recently with uh, the Bible school students. And as he's sharing the testimony of the $1,000 in the meeting, people in the meeting start screaming, I just got given $1,000. Like people start getting texts to their phone. Just radical stuff. See, this is the power of the testimony. We overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We see, we think that's just the testimony of he saved us 20 years ago, but it's actually an ongoing testimony of his interaction in our lives. Testimony. There's power in testimony. I'm going to land the plane in just a sec. We're going to pray for people. Other ways God speaks to you. What do you enjoy? I enjoy surfing. I see people get saved surfing. I see people get healed surfing. I see people get prophesied over surfing. Some of my best friends I've met through surfing. Sometimes what you enjoy is what God leads you. And sometimes God will call you to lay down what you enjoy for a season so that you can see that you enjoy him more than the thing you enjoy. You'll have to rewind the tape to get that one. That's okay. <laughs> we don't even have tapes anymore. That's awesome. What you enjoy. Sometimes you'll find out what you're hungry or what you're passionate about. Other times you'll find out by what scares you. It's like you're scared to get up in front of people and sing and just release the word of the Lord through song. But maybe that's what God's built you for. Maybe that's literally what you do. When your mouth opens, all of hell runs out of the room. You know, just different things like that, you guys. God will speak to us through dreams. I already gave you guys some examples of that. You'd be blown away by how accurate your dreams can be. It says God will pour a spirit on all flesh and you'll dream dreams and see visions. Old people will dream dreams. How do you know if you're old, you're dreaming? I'm kidding. The word there is presbyteros. It literally, it's the word translated elder. It literally means those who are willing to father or mother will dream dreams. Those who are willing to lead or father and mother will dream dreams. And the young people will have visions, pictures, thoughts, impressions. Dream dreams, see visions. I had a dream recently, you'll be surprised by how accurate God will speak to you through dreams. I had a dream recently that I was in Newport Beach and I was with a friend of mine named Robbie. Robbie lives in Australia. I don't know where, he lives near Sydney. He lives out in one of the suburbs. So I messaged him, I said, bro, I had a dream last night that I was with you and we were doing X, Y, and Z and we were ministering and these things were happening except we were in Newport Beach. He messaged me right back, he goes, bro, the name of my suburb in Sydney is Newport Beach. 
You'd be amazed how God will lead you. What would happen if you invited God into your business like that? One of my friends, he was in a meeting and somebody gave him $5,000. He goes, God, I believe this is seed. He has all of his needs met. So he's like, this is seed. So he sows $5,000 in the offering. That's a lot of money for my friend because he probably makes, I don't want to say how much he makes. It's a lot of money for him. So he sows $5,000 in an offering. That night, he gets a dream. In the dream, he sees the value of a currency go up to a certain amount, a specific dollar amount, go down to a specific dollar amount, and then go back up to a specific dollar amount. He goes that day, and he invests in that currency. In the period of a week, or two, or three, or however long it was, it went up to the value he sold, and he made $20,000 off of like a few thousand dollar investment. What would happen if we got invited God into our leadings like that? What if we invited God into our business like that? Now, the only way we'll see God move in our business and in our life like that is if we get involved in his business and his life. His words are spirit and life. They're the word of God. When you start to immerse yourself in the word of God, you'll start to see yourself having experiences like this continually. Just another minute. I'm landing the plane, I promise. Dreams, visions. How many guys would say you've had like a picture, like a mental picture before? Now, if I tell you right now to th- don't think of an elephant, don't think of an elephant, don't think of an elephant, what are you doing right now? You're thinking of an elephant. If I tell you don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, what are you going to do? That's why you think about righteousness. You're not a sinner. You're, you're a saint. Okay, that was a different message, but we'll preach another day. <laughs> You've been given power to see. Everything that's been created in the earth was first seen in the imagination of a man or a woman. Everything. Your dreams and your visions are longing to become a reality, and they're pregnant with presence and promise. Pay attention to what you see when you worship. When you're in worship here, some of you guys, you start getting like things, thoughts start running through you. Get your notepad out. Start writing. Start doing different things. Do you have a word, or are you just kind of hanging out? You're stretching? (laughs) I didn't know it. Okay. (laughs) We'll pray. God wants to speak to us so specifically through pictures, dreams, and visions to lead us. How do you guys were led to California through a dream or a vision? Isn't that awesome? You're like Abraham. Everything left behind, but everything given. It's interesting because all of Abraham's family came into the promise as he entered into the faithfulness and followed the faithful one. Isn't that awesome? Last two ways that God speaks to us is through angels. He'll send a messenger. God came to, uh, through an angel to Joseph in a dream. Angel came to him. God came to Mary. An angel appeared. Said, you're blessed and highly favored. First time I saw an angel in my room, I hid under the covers. God will do it. He'll speak to you. He'll show you things. Last way God will speak to you is through visits from himself. Now, we're a habitation of God, but a habitation attracts visitation, and visitation becomes habitation. When you're the house of God, he, he lives in you, but sometimes he'll walk into the room. He'll walk into the room and say things. I was up one night and I was asking God something very specific. I said, God, I want to be, I want to have a heart like that. Very specific. Midnight, I'm crying, weeping before the Lord. Next morning, I, I, my friend calls me and he says, Chris, last night I had a dream and in the dream, 
you were given this specific thing. He described exactly what I was praying for. And when I woke up, the Lord Jesus was standing in my room, and he said, I've given Chris what he's asked for. And he was overwhelmed by the fear of God. God will come to us. He'll show up. You guys, Jesus wants to appear to you face-to-face, glorious, glowing bright. Sometimes he'll come as the humble, meek one. Sometimes he'll come glowing bright and white. But he wants to come to you. I want to pray for the rest of the service. We'll dismiss, but I want to pray for everyone here. I believe the Lord really wants to visit people today and continually. And I believe that he answers prayer. If he answered my prayer and showed up to one of my friends as a result of my prayer, then how much more as we gather together in his name today and pray, I believe he's going to minister and visit people. Just close your eyes for just a second. I'm going to pray first. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this room. I thank you that all over this room, there's people that you're drawing near to you. I had you close your eyes, not because I'm having, I, I don't care what other people think, but it's actually because I feel like you need to do business with God right now. If you're here and you've never surrendered your life to him, or if you're here and you know that your life doesn't add up to his love, and you want to surrender everything right now, you want to turn your life over, right now is the time. Not tomorrow, not another day, not when you leave this room, not when you're by yourself, but while the conviction of the Spirit is upon you. If you're here today and you would say, Chris, I'm not serving Jesus. Chris, I'm not following him. Chris, I don't know what it means to be born again, to be a new creation. Right now, God's speaking to you. He hung naked on a cross for you, He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. If you're here right now and you want to surrender your life to him, put your hand in the air. Quickly, quickly, anywhere in the room, put your hand in the air. I just want to see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Yep. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I see that hand up. Thank you. Now, I I need you to do me a favor. Keep your hand up. Those that are around them, put your hand on them. Open your eyes up, put your hand on them. Just say, thanks, God, for what you're doing. Just say this with me. Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender everything. Amen. Amen. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. He said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord or King or ruler, or in charge, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be made whole. I pronounce wholeness, 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 wholeness in Jesus' name. All right, the rest of us, we're just going to pray right now. We're going to take some time. Um, If you need to go, you can, but I really want to pray. I believe the Lord wants to literally appear to people. I've seen our king. He's real. He wants to minister to us. So let's just worship for just a moment. Father, we bow down, we bow down in worship. All that is within me, we lift up your holy name. All the angels cry out, holy is the Lord God all the earth. Holy are you, all the angels cry. Holy is the Lord God, all the earth replies. Holy are you, and all the angels cry. Holy is the Lord God, all the 
Jesus Christ. Holy is the Lord God, holy is his God. Holy are you. And hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy are you. Thank you, Lord. We don't need somebody in front. We've got you, Father. 
We got you. If you need a pastor in front of you all the days of your life, then you're going to be severely limited. He's a good leader. Trust him. He trusts you. He trusts you, God. Let's just, let's just close with this. And I will give you all my And I will give you all my praise. And you alone I long to worship. And you alone are worthy of. And I will give. And I will give. Let's just stand and just sing it one more time. And I will give give him thanks and praise and honor and glory right now that he is a good leader in your life just just tell him i'll follow you i'll follow you god just say god if you speak to me i'll follow you however you want to speak to me i'll follow you however whether it's in the quietness the storm the waves through a friend through an angel through a dream god i'll I'll, i commit my heart to follow you Anywhere we go, Father. Jesus. Amen. Amen. If we have another service starting a little bit. Um, you don't have to leave. Um, can we get our prayer team coming up here? Sometimes there's really practical things, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to, I want to provide space for that. So we have our prayer team up here. Maybe a few more people from our prayer team come on up here. Um, and if you need a prayer for anything, feel free to hang out. Do what you need to do. If you don't want to move out of this place, I don't blame you. We're going to start worshiping a little bit anyway. So, amen. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs>